Dealing with people is the most difficult part of any job. When you work in a team in your internship, you realize that so many different people specialize in whatever they're specializing in. So when you're working, you really don't need to know everything, but you need to know who you need to go to to get that information. As long as you show that you're a really quick learner and that you're willing to learn, that's enough quote-unquote technical skills that they're looking for. Welcome to the very first episode of Business That Out. I am very excited. My name is Carol and I am a business student. I'm studying marketing and strategy. So as a marketing student, I have always wanted to talk to fellow marketing students who have achieved a very high level in their career or in the study. I wonder their inspirations, their motivations, and their passions. So in this episode, I am so excited to have Erin Kim, an absolute student leader and incoming Deloitte full-time, to talk about her passion in community building, marketing, brand management, and more. So sit back and let's get ready to dive into Erin's journey. Hi, Erin. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Carol? Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining me. We're so happy to have you here. So first, we're going to start with five warm-up questions. They're just five questions. Just relax. The first, what is your favorite movie? My gosh. I think this is the hardest question that I've received recently. Um, I, I'm a huge rom-com girl, but recently I've been watching a lot of animated movies. I feel like they hold a lot more underlying meaning than a lot of quote-unquote adult shows. I actually recently rewatched Coco, and I think it's one of the most like cinematically beautiful movies I've ever seen. So would definitely say that is up there. What is your favorite food? Favorite food? my gosh. I love trying different cuisines. I've been asking all of my friends, like, what's your favorite restaurant in Toronto? And I've just been kind of trying a bunch of different things. But I think a good Korean meal is rooting back to my culture. It's always kind of comfort food for me. So I'd probably say like, like a good bowl of bibimbap right now is my favorite. I love bibimbap. I also love pork soup. That's my favorite. Oh my God, I love pork soup. You're making me crave it. I haven't had it in a while. <laughs> what would you say your career path other than marketing? Ooh. I actually was a huge musical theater geek. Like up until grade 12, I did a lot of theater. Up until I think like grade nine, I wanted to pursue theater professionally. So definitely I feel like if I didn't go into the path that I'm in right now, I would want to try going into theater. That's so cool. I've never been to a real show of musicals. I've always wanted to, but I've never. I would highly recommend. Time just flies by when you're in the theater. For me, at least. <laughs> the favorite show then? I think I love, there is this musical called Dear Evan Hansen, which deals with the, a lot of issues and stories surrounding mental health, which I think is really great. There's another show called Fun Home that I really love, which introduces the idea of coming out and being a part of the LGBTQ plus community, which I think is also really great. There's a show called Hamilton, which blew up on Broadway like in 2015 when it first came out. And I'm actually going to go see it in the next month. So I'm very excited. If you were going to have a podcast, who would you interview and why? Ooh, if I had a podcast, who would I interview? 
I actually really wanted to do a podcast because I think it's so exciting to share different stories, my stories. So I've actually thought about this because I'm still a theater geek. If my podcast is geared towards theater, I would love to interview different like successful people in different parts of theater, like maybe like a conductor and like a really successful like stage manager and kind of seeing different perspectives on how they approach doing a show. I think that'd be really cool. If it's not the business side, um, I recently was at an event where I met a couple of really successful entrepreneurs who are Forbes 30 under 30 this year. Um, so I would love to, if I can get in touch with more Forbes 30 under 30 people, I think it'd be really inspiring to talk to them. If you have to only bring three things to an island, what are they and why? Three things. That's so hard. Um, when it comes to things like this, I'm very rational. I don't know if you were kind of hoping for like a more romanticized answer. <laughs> I really think I'll bring probably a knife, a really sharp like army knife. Um, I'll probably bring like really thick, like a blanket or some sort of like something warm, like a sleeping bag or something. So I can keep myself warm. And then I'll probably bring something related to fire. I'm debating between like a pot where I can boil water to survive off or like a mirror. Maybe I can reflect sunlight to start a fire. One of those. Two. <laughs> I mean, you have to survive first, right? To think about Yeah, it. yeah. I've heard other people being like, oh, I would bring a book because I would love to read in my leisure time. And I'm like, this is all about survival. Like you don't have time to time to learn new logic here. Like exactly. Okay, that's all the thought questions. So let's just get started to the real stuff. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're studying, your journey, marketing, your experience? Yeah, yeah. So thank you again so much for having me. I was so kind of flattered and honored when you reached out. But my name is Erin. I'm in my fourth year studying at Rotman Commerce with a specialist in management. And my focuses are in marketing and strategy and innovations. In terms of my career or my journey up until now, after first year, I actually interned at an agency in Korea called Allison and Partners, where I worked with clients like Dyson, Red Hat, and a few others. And I was really more on the internal operations side. So I would look more into media coverage, help reporting to clients. I did a bit of HR work as well. So it was very seeing the tip of the iceberg, but it was a really, really great experience. And then after the end of second year, I was able to join RBC Ventures or RBCX. They rebranded. I worked on two different startups that are, have been acquired by RBC. And I did a lot of their social media strategy and SEO work, which was also very cool. This past summer, I was a brand management intern at PNG. I was specifically working with the skin and personal care team. So brands like Olay, Old Spice Native, Ivory. And here was when I really learned how to strategize and also was on the internal team and really learn core marketing values, both in-store and out-of-store in the digital space as well. So it was really, really big learning experience for me. And I realized I really love the strategizing and the problem-solving aspect of it, but also kind of felt that I didn't want to just stick to one brand early on in my career because I wanted a little bit more of a learning curve and bigger learning experiences. So I'm actually joining Deloitte in their advertising, marketing and commerce consulting team. 
which is super exciting because I think I get to do more of the brand strategizing for many different types of clients and many different types of industries, which is going to be a whole new learning experience. So I know I kind of jumped all over the place. Like I haven't really been consistent to one industry or one type of role, but I think most of the learnings have successfully led me here. In terms of extracurriculars, I'm right now the president of the Rotman Commerce Marketing Association, which I've been a part of since second year. Also was the president of the University of Toronto Korean Commerce Community last year, which was also a great experience. And in second and third year, a few Rotman peers and I created an organization called Brew, where we helped a lot of high school students transition successfully into their university life. So I know that was a that was a handful. <laughs> You have such work experiences. I also noticed that you started doing marketing-related work in your first year. So I'm just wondering, like, what specifically sparked your passion in marketing at a very early stage? And do you have a specific moment that you feel like, wow, I love marketing. I love content creation. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great question. When I first entered Rotman in first year, and I feel like a lot of first years might feel this, it's you really think there's only four career paths and it's finance, accounting, consulting, and marketing. And you really don't realize there's anything else. And for me personally, I didn't love accounting. I didn't love finance. Consulting was scary. So I was like, let me just try marketing. It wasn't like I was so passionate about marketing right from the beginning. But I did think that marketing was cool because my dad has been in the marketing and PR industry for like over 20 years. So I knew that this was a cool place, but I wasn't super passionate about it. That's why I tried it. I was like, after first year, let me try to get some sort of marketing-related internship at an agency. And obviously, it was really great experiences, but I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. So it wasn't like an immediate, I love marketing, I want to jump right into it. Even after second year, I applied to so many different types of roles. And up until second year, I really thought marketing is all about like, be you need to be creative and you need to know how to create content. And it's mostly about social media and things like that. And then after second year, I guess the RBC experience was when I realized like, wow, marketing is a huge, huge, huge umbrella. There's so many things that go into marketing. There's so many areas you can specialize in within marketing. And it really is not limited to just making posters for a company or anything like that. And that's when I realized I want to do more of the strategizing work and planning out like a brand strategy for a brand rather than just sticking on the social media side or executing a lot of the brand content. And that's why I loved it at PNG when I was like, okay, like it's not just me making these direct posters to post. It's kind of more thinking about how much of the budget are we going to allocate towards digital? How are we going to allocate the budget? Are we going to focus on TikTok? Are we going to work with influencers, right? So that's the digital side, but also with in-person in-store marketing, it's like, okay, like what kind of promotional material are we going to use? Was it effective for this type of product? Working with a lot of data to kind of come up with solutions within the budget almost felt kind of entrepreneurial and almost as if like I'm owning the brand. And I realized that that was so much more fitting for me because I realized I'm not that creative. Like I realized there's people that are so good visually and just kind of creating the content, executing it, like coming up with all these type of advertisement ideas. And I'm not saying I won't do that, but it's rather I'm more strategized and the people who are super talented at that will help execute. So I think you don't really realize how much of marketing or which area of marketing you really like until you try it. 
And to be honest with you, I don't know if this is like fully what I want to stick with for the rest of my career. It's just I right now in the moment, I just find it really interesting. So you've also gone through the exploration stage where you try different things in marketing. And it's really fun to hear the strategic side of marketing because when we mention marketing, we tend to focus on creating campaigns, brainstorming ideas, content creation. I'm just curious, could you share any of your previous project experience during your internship? Oh, yes. So I think for RBC, one of my kind of biggest, biggest projects was reviving a social media, like an Instagram account. So for this project, it was really interesting because it was up to me to fully analyze how the Instagram account is performing in terms of engagement, like what times we are the most effective, like what kind of content is the most interactive, how can we kind of increase the engagement rate and also increase reach. So I was able to kind of work with the previous posts that we've made, also analyze some competitors that are successful on Instagram and then help kind of create like a new timeline for how we should run the Instagram account. And then I was actually helped create the content and we were able to execute it. That was a really cool campaign because it kind of taught me how to analyze previous content in a way where we can kind of use it and change it to execute future content. But then again, I just felt like that was very still to an extent limiting because it's not like I'm working on marketing the entire brand in all different types of ways. It was very specific to social media, even more specifically Instagram. But it was a cool project. Another one I want to mention is when I was at PNG, one of my projects was actually very big scale where I helped kind of create a brand strategy plan for the next fiscal year. So that was a really cool experience because then I got to talk to a bunch of different teams. I had to come up with new, like you mentioned, like campaigning ideas for a specific brand. I had to ask around which ones were successful. What retailers did you do it with? Where did you do it? And all of those things to kind of create a plan for this specific brand in terms of how we can execute it in store, how we can execute it in digital media. How are we going to kind of focus on it in the first half of the year versus the second half of the year? What are some relevant events that are going on in our consumers' lives that we might be able to hop on on this campaign? Right? So it was a lot more kind of a bird's eye view of how to execute for success for this specific brand. So that was a really, I'm not going to lie, it was a really, really, really difficult project. <laughs> but I think it definitely helped me learn the most. It's a really, really big learning experience for me. I think definitely it sounds like a very rewarding experience as well because you've gained a lot. You learned a lot. You also mentioned that you've been involved in a few student-run groups. So can you tell us a little bit more about your role as the president of Rama Commerce Marketing Association and probably a few initiatives your team or you yourself had during the year? Yeah, so... I'm going to be completely honest. I obviously joining the Rotten Commerce Marketing Association, I have kind of imagined that maybe one day I can be president. Um, but to be honest, I didn't really realize that it would come so soon. And I'm obviously very, very grateful for the experience and very glad that I ran and thankfully I'm here. But it wasn't something that I felt super confident in leading going in. Just because I was the director of development last year, which was, I think, one of the best roles that I've had. But at the same time, I felt like I wasn't ready because director of development mostly deals with the interns and works with the interns. 
versus, for example, director of like events or is kind of they have experience coordinating everything. Right. So I felt like I wasn't too ready. But one of the things that I'm very thankful for is my vice president and the director team are really, really strong. Like, I think we really work well as a team. We're very communicative with each other and we have a lot of fun together in general. Everyone has such great ideas and we really try hard to execute them. So I think in that sense, it's been a really rewarding experience because everyone I'm working with really makes it so easy to execute these events with a lot of success. I also really love the types of events that we run, obviously, because I think one of the biggest benefits of RCMA is we run a lot of events that are more tailored towards the executive team and run events that are targeted towards the greater RC. So one of the events that we recently ran was an alumni fireside chat where last year's president and director of CR came and they spoke exclusively with RCMA execs. And it was very, you know, internal and very um, intimate, which I think also helped our executives get closer with the alumni. And one thing that we're really trying to prioritize that I know next year's presidential team are doing is to build more meaningful and deep relationships with the alumni, with the internal organization. So that's one thing that I'm really proud of that we're doing. In terms of to the greater RC, we actually collaborated with three different RC clubs this year so far. So we've collaborated with RCSG, who are fantastic to run, I think, RC's ever like CPG dedicated event run by a student club. We had really great attendance, nearly 100 people. And another event that we recently held was a like a personal branding event, which I also don't think was something that was previously done commonly. And we collaborated with the Rotman Commerce Arts Group and the Women in Business Group. And that was a really cool experience as well because we had speakers, we had LinkedIn headshots, a really nice networking session. So those are some of, I think, some highlights. We actually have the Rotman Commerce Marketing Conference coming up in March. I'm very, very excited about this event because we're going to run it with a case comp and a lot of workshops. And obviously there's going to be great food at company. So if anyone is listening and wants to come, <laughs> it'll be happening very, very soon. So very excited about those events. I just love how you care about the engagement between students and students with alumni, because personally, as a student, I really do value relationships I built with alumni. And I think that's definitely something very valuable to other students as well, to either discover their potential career journey or just to build junior relationships with others. You mentioned that you still feel unconfident or not ready for the present role. I'm just wondering what skills do you think that you can bring to a role as a leader in the RC community from your previous either internship or club experience? Yeah, of course. So I feel like in my internship experiences, the type of skills that I gain are a lot more almost technical, like data analysis, data visualization, right? How to be a better presenter how to manage expectations, which is huge when you're starting off in your career. So I feel like a lot of those type of technical skills that I gained my, in my internship are a lot more applicable to future internships rather than holding leadership roles within the RC community. But one thing that I learned a lot from doing different internships is understanding what I like and what I don't like. And I think that's really important to carry into your role as a leader and the biggest reason is because if you're in the position of the leader, for example, the president, 
a lot of the younger years are going to ask you a lot of career related questions and are going to like look up to you for career related advice. And when it comes to things like this, I really think it's important that I've experienced different pools so that I can let them know like, hey, this isn't the only route. If this doesn't work out, it's totally okay to be like, okay, screw it. I'm never going back to that again. I'm going to try this, right? I think it's really scary to try something new or think that you can try something new. That's why I'm here to tell you like, hey, it's totally okay to kind of shift from what you initially thought you wanted. So I think from the internships, I learned a lot of kind of personal growth you know, skills in that sense that I feel like I can share with a lot of the younger years in my ramen community. But in terms of like directly leadership related skills, I think when you work in a team in your internship, you realize that so many different people specialize in whatever they're specializing in. So when you're working, you really don't need to know everything, but you need to know who you need to go to to get that information. So I feel like I've adapted more of that kind of mindset within RRC clubs where I fully trust that the CR team is specializing in what they're doing, right? I don't need to go in there and be snobby about it. They, I trust, I fully trust that they know what they're doing and they always bring great results. So I think I tend to put a lot of trust into all of the teams in what they're doing. And so far, I think they they liked it. Like, I mean, most of the things they do, I, I really have nothing negative to say because we all discuss about it as a group, but then everyone goes and does their own thing. So me as the president, just making sure that everything is running efficiently, all I have to do is go to each director when I need to know more about that specific information. And they always provide me with an answer. So I think it's kind of helped me also put the directors as like fully equal level as me I don't think I'm like better or like above any of them like I truly truly think that we're all on an equal playing field so I think you know it's definitely helps me kind of adapt that mindset of working better in a team they're so lucky to have you as a leader it's just oh my gosh thank you <laughs> trust and you foster such a supportive and positive working environment for everyone you mentioned a lot technical and soft skills. I'm just wondering which ones do you think are the most important when it comes to the marketing, the marketing industry? Yeah. So I think this is a little bit tricky depending on which marketing role you're, you want to pursue. For example, if you want to go a little bit more into the designing side, um, I'm pretty sure your portfolio would be a lot more relevant. But the roles that I've kind of applied for and have done so far have really only asked me behavioral and situational questions. So I think to land the role, the soft skills are really way more prioritized because they fully understand that we're still students, we're still learning. To be honest, like we're all pretty much similar in terms of how much we know. Like, you know, we're all very beginning off in our careers. So really, they want to see, okay, how much are you willing to learn? How quickly can you learn? How passionate are you about this role rather than how many posters have you designed? Like how many leadership roles have you had? Like, do you know how to work all of these softwares? It's, I think it's really more the personality for sure, especially within a marketing role, because I learned how to use so many new softwares I've never even heard of until I landed the internship role. And a lot of the companies and industries have software that they use specifically in that company or in that industry. So there's really no way that you can kind of learn those things in advance because it's only accessible to the companies that buy it and use it, right? So 
I think as long as you show that you're a really quick learner and that you're willing to learn, that's enough, quote unquote, technical skills that they're looking for. I do think it's always beneficial to be proficient in Excel and PowerPoint and just Microsoft Office in general, because a lot of companies do use Microsoft Office. But other than that, I really think it's everyone starts off from the same spot. We also know that marketing is a lot about communication, communicating to clients, to customers. So in your past experience, have you ever faced a very difficult situation dealing with a difficult client or a student or a teammate? And how do you manage it? Yes, I think. And the reason I say this is because I feel like as, you know, eager and driven students, we are willing to invest time into ourselves and for the role to learn kind of technical skills. And if anything, the technical skills, if you continue to practice, you'll understand it, you'll get better at it. But with people skills, not everyone that you're dealing with is the same. So I feel like every time there might be trouble with a new person, it's like a whole new learning experience. I think one of the kind of biggest challenges that I think, so I'm going to be completely transparent and honest about this, is communicating actually with my manager. So in one of my previous roles, it was my manager's first time being a manager and my also kind of first time in that type of role. And I personally did not really know how to set proper expectations. So, and my manager didn't know what to expect of an intern. So I think there was a lot of back and forth where I told her I can do it because I fully thought I can do it. But instead of communicating with her kind of my boundaries, and where I needed help with. I just wanted to show her that I can do it on my own. And from her perspective, she was not the best at giving me the resources and the support that I needed to initially help me kind of launch into the project. And I'm sure a lot of people that have been working a lot will tell you that literally like 80% of whether you like the job or not is your relationship with your manager and your team. So I feel like one of the greatest things that we need to realize and learn is that you really need to seek out building positive relationships with the people that you work with. And for me personally, I really loved my team. Like I did really appreciate my manager, but there was a lot of internal conflict on my end because I felt like my manager and I were never satisfied with, with kind of each other in that sense. So that was, I think, a really big communicative barrier, but we actually had a really, really good conversation in the middle of the summer where I just told her, I was like, this is what I was able to get done. This is what I'm hoping to get done. This is what I've done to kind of make sure that I can get all of my things done on time and with the quality that I think you expect and that I want to reach. I fully communicated with her that, okay, it's not just I don't want to do the work or it's hard. It's like, here's are the things that I've done so far to reach this point, but I would love to hear your advice on how I should move forward because I do want to meet the deadlines that you're giving me. However, I also think realistically, if you want better quality work, I would love to also talk about how we can maybe adjust the deadlines or kind of what your expectations are to make sure that both of us are always on the same page. So having that conversation was really difficult for me because this was a role that I really, really wanted and a role that I really wanted to excel in. And later I heard a lot of feedback from others in the team saying that my manager can't expect that much work from me as an intern, but my manager also didn't know that, right? So having that kind of difficult communication will, will most of the time, if you're honest and respectful about it, better your relationship with your team. 
rather than make you kind of look bad. Yeah, I think definitely effective communication is the key to every, almost every potential conflict or challenges. I'm glad you mentioned managing your deadlines with quality work. I'm just wondering, because you've taken on so many responsibilities. So how did you manage your studies and your life? And with all those responsibilities, do you have specific tools or strategies to create you share? Yeah, of course. So I personally am not like a detailed and like a very like nitpicky person in terms of my schedule. So I obviously keep a calendar where I kind of have different colors for different types of things. Like, for example, if it's schoolwork, it's blue for me. If it's like paid work, it's purple, like whatever. Like I kind of have it all in my calendar. But one thing that I've learned to do progressively and get better at is I also block out time for myself and block out time where I need to prioritize certain things. So for example, if I have class from like 11 to 1 and I'm working from 5, instead of leaving 1 to 5 blank, I block out what I should do in between that time. So for example, if I'm like, okay, between one to five, I need to eat and I need to rest because I'm going to be working for seven hours a day. I'm going to be exhausted, whatever it may be. Then I block out that time to remind myself to rest. Or it could be like, okay, because I'm working, you don't have time to work on that essay tomorrow. You have to do it then. So I physically block it in my calendar saying, okay, between one to five, I'm going to finish this essay. Instead of just kind of mentally telling myself, Oh, like you'll find time for it. If I physically block it in my calendar as if it's like an event that I'm going to, it makes it really easy for me to kind of focus on it. Also, it helps me not make plans or things like that during that time. In terms of kind of prioritizing leadership responsibilities and balancing my studies, one thing that I was really bad at, even up until a couple of years ago, was like effectively delegating responsibilities. Like I always was like, I'm just going to like work on it. Like everyone else just can, you know, it's just like, I'd rather myself do it than like, you know, someone else does it. And then I realized like, one, what a cocky thing for me to think because like probably other people, like I mentioned with my director team, like they're definitely better at the work that they're doing than I am. So if I let, if I let them know in advance and give them enough time, delegating work effectively is so much more better in helping me manage my time, but also showing the team that I have more trust in them and that I do really think that they're genuinely better at those type of things than myself. So that's been really helpful as well. I It does get really difficult because there will be times where you just have like an event and then a midterm the next day and the essay do the next day. It's really inevitable, especially if you're a student, especially if you're a business student, because that's the whole point of our degree apparently is just trying to balance everything I think it's always really great to kind of also mark in your calendar all of your deadlines and all of your events like before so that you can say okay I know I'm having this event in two weeks but I know I have a midterm due like literally the next day but for me I have really really short like a memory span like I forget things really easily so I know if I study two weeks in advance it's not going to be effective for me but I can plan for the event two weeks in advance so during that week, I'll get planning of the event, most of it done, the ones that I can. And then I will also let my team know like, hey, like just letting you know, I have a midterm. So for XYZ days, I'm going to be focusing on my midterm. So being on top of your schedule is one thing, but also communicating to other people what your schedule is so that they're aware and can also coordinate their schedule and communicate it back. Mm-hmm. So then you can find a consensus on when you can work on things. 
I've actually never thought of communicating your deadlines to others would also be effective to manage your own timelines as well. That's definitely something I learned today. I'm going to apply it. We just mentioned your leadership career-wise. I noticed that you took a leadership role in the University of Toronto, Korean commerce community as well. Can you also tell us a little bit more about your roles as a past president and what the organization is about? Yeah, so the University of Toronto Korean Commerce Community is a group of mostly commerce, but also non-commerce students. So a lot of the students are in economics, statistics, and a lot of related fields. So it's a group of Korean students that work together to help each other academically and also socially. So a lot of our events were dedicated towards kind of providing like review sessions for first year students and also different study abroad opportunities in Korea and also sharing with the students previously successful like notes or methods to study to make sure that especially first years have a successful transition into the University of Toronto because I feel like first year and even second year is really difficult as a commerce student or even just like any other arts and science student because you're in a class with like a thousand people you're kind of thrown into everything it's it's a really really big transition and kind of shocking point so we really aim to create an environment where we normalize feeling those things and help them kind of move forward successfully into school so It was a really, really honoring and grateful experience to have been the president. I think the organization represents kind of our our slogan, let's say. Our slogan is study hard when you're studying and party hard when you're partying kind of thing. So we also have a lot of social events that introduces students to the, the rest of the Korean community and also provides a lot of social spaces for the internal team to get really close with each other. So a lot of my really close friends now were people that I met from UTKCC in the past years. I think that the club is really about engaging the community. I think that's really fun. Also, how has your experience in the UTKCC shaped your leadership style and your approach to build such an engaging community? Yeah, so it was really difficult for me because one of the biggest advantages of UTKCC is we have a very, very strong alumni network. And the alumni are the ones that come back to speak at our events. They're all very, very successful, extremely inspiring people. But to me, in a certain way, it was a little bit intimidating because I feel like as the president, I need to be able to connect the rest of our executive team with the alumni and vice versa, right? So it was like, I need to make the events worth the alumni coming out to, but also I need to make sure that our execs are getting the most out of engaging with the learning from these amazing alumni that are coming. So I think it's kind of helped me be like a better middle person between two other parties, which I think is actually really important when you're in a leadership role, whether you're kind of the person between the internal team and the external team or your client and your personal team, kind of managing relationships like that was a really, really big learning experience for me. And in terms of my leadership style, I kind of now I'm better at working with multiple different teams to making sure that everyone is kind of working together and comfortable with working together and with each other. Building community is a very, very big part of UTKCC because so many people meet their lifelong friends from the organization and it's historically been like that. So 
making sure that there is a community of people and that people aren't just finding acquaintances. They're actually meeting their really genuine friends in this organization was difficult, especially because I think there was a lot of people that are, you know, like first generation versus there was a lot of people that were like second gen, like even third generation. Even though we were all Korean, the kind of culture you grew up around were very different. The things you like doing, the way you think is also very different. So when we were having our social events, we tried to mix it up and have like a more Korean style social versus having a cocktail night instead of just like a soju night, like whatever it may be. So kind of trying to mix it up like that, a really, really big thing we try to work on. Another really big thing is we try to make everything as bilingual as we can. So in previous years, there was a lot of even social media posts or even during our events, it was very, very much in Korean. But a lot of the second generation or third generation students that wanted to join were intimidated by the fact that we only spoke like in 100% Korean, which totally understandable can be intimidating to them. But we also didn't want to stop speaking Korean because a lot of students that just came here, they find comfort in being with people that speak their language, right? Or their mother tongue, let's say. So um, that's another transition that we made then is to make every single slide bilingual, like all the meeting notes bilingual, like which we tried really hard to kind of incorporate both languages as much as we can. I think that's really a lot of work and hard work you put into to try to balance different interests or different goals from different parties. And you also mentioned that you've been the middle party between alumni and students. So have you ever faced a situation that there are different goals of different stakeholders? And how did you manage that situation? Oh, my gosh, that's a really great question. <laughs> and and there's there's been a lot of cases, I feel like, where different people want different things. But one thing that, you know, people need to realize is that Usually people might have different ways of approaching something, but the end goal is the same if you're a part of the same organization. So even within UTKCC, we had this kind of hurdle that we faced where we were throwing our first ever case competition. It was the first time we were ever launching it. And the goal actually, or the topic of the case competition was to create innovative solutions for small business owners in um, Koreatown and how they can kind of recover from the very dark times of the COVID era, especially for small business owners in that area. So that was the topic of the case competition. And we had a kind of two opposing parties within the organization where one party was saying, because it's aimed in Koreatown, we should only have Korean students. We should make the case competition in Korean. And because then it'll be easier to communicate that to the small business owners. And then we had another party that was saying, but at the end of the day, this is a case competition to also help students build their career and practice that. So it should definitely be in English and we should definitely allow non-Koreans to also participate, to also increase our reach and then promote the name of the organization. Very different views, but ultimately we realized that, okay, but at the end of the day, we're trying to help students gain experience and we're trying to help the small business owners in Koreatown. Like our ultimate goal does not change. It's just how you kind of want to approach it. So we eventually came to a consensus where we said at least 50% of the team that is participating in the case comp needs to be biologically Korean or speaks Korean. But we really encourage non-Koreans to take part in this event as well. And we also said like, yes, we will promote the event both in English and in Korean. But because a lot of these small business owners 
have been here for generations, we're going to present it to them in English. But if they need any support in translating it, we can be the ones that kind of help them and explain it to them in Korean. So as long as we identified what the goal was and ensured that everyone's opinions are heard, but also aiming towards the goal, I think it's it's not easy, but we can always find like a consensus. <laughs> I 100% agree. In, in the same organization, there's definitely the common end goal. It's just different ways of approaching it. Now coming to the end, we have the ending questions. So first, looking ahead, where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years? And what are your career goals for the future? Yeah, I really thought long and hard about this question because I don't even know what I'm going to be doing in like the next three years. Because I'm starting at Deloitte in September, which is super exciting. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to love it or hate it at Deloitte. I do want to stay there for a couple of years. But after like the first years at Deloitte, I might just move to the States. I might just move to Europe. I might move to Asia. I really genuinely have no idea. But one thing that I for sure know is that I do want to get a postgraduate degree considering an MBA because I heard from a lot of personal mentors that I have that if you're ever in a place in your career where you feel like you want to make a pivot, a really great starting point to make that pivot is going to get your MBA so that you can have your doors open for so many different types of career opportunities at the MBA and that it'll help you make that pivot. So that's one thing that I really want to do. And I have a feeling I will do it in the next 10 years. But again, I really don't know. But one thing that has kind of always driven me as a person is I don't set one goal and kind of try to go towards that goal. Because I feel like if I really narrow myself to that one goal, I could be missing a lot of opportunities that pop up. But because in my mind, it's not relevant to that one specific goal that I have. I don't want to limit myself from taking on new opportunities that might open totally new paths for me. And I really believe that if my goal is maybe at like 100, I might limit myself from being able to achieve 500 just because I only see myself going up to 100. So that's just something that I kind of always think about and just think, okay, like what do I really want for myself in that moment and in the next couple of years? And if I want to change or if I want to pivot because I know that for myself or for me in the long term, it's something that I want to try out, then I'm totally okay with making that pivot. So that's why I really have no idea what I'm going to be doing in, in five to 10 years. But I do want to be continuously learning. I do want to be continuously trying new things. I realize that if I do the same thing for more than like like a year, I kind of go crazy. So I really think that I'm always going to be seeking out new things to try. You have a very different lifestyle because a lot of students, especially business students, we do care a lot about goal settings because you have to reach the goals, like to be the manager, to be the director in what, what years. So I think that's really different and very new to hear that are interesting also. The last question is, what advice would you give to other students who, for example, want to make a difference in their communities like you or just considering a career in marketing in general? Yeah, so I'll answer this question kind of from the difference in community side and the career and marketing side. So in terms of if you want to make a difference in your community, I think this might be very obvious, but the first thing is really knowing like what community do you want to make a difference in? I think it's so hard to kind of enter U of T and I also 
saw a lot of alumni win like the University of Toronto Student Leadership Award. And I was like, I really want that. But where do I start? Right. If you kind of shoot aimlessly into the sky, you're really not going to get anywhere. So I feel like finding a really strong community that you feel like you belong in and that you really genuinely want to see change in is the very, very first step. One other thing is I feel like if you just do one thing at one community, one thing at one community, one thing at one community, it's really hard to make an impact if you spread yourself super thin. And I know a lot of commerce students did a million things at the same time in high school to build that kind of resume to enter university, which I did the same thing. I was involved in like so many random things that, to be honest, I don't even know if I care about that much anymore. But after coming into university, I'm like, these are the communities that I really value. I love the people. And these are the communities, therefore, I want to stay in and see positive change in. After you kind of solidify and enter yourself in the community, I think you need to have the mindset of, okay, instead of I just want to change everything, it's like I really want to get to know the people in the community. I want to build genuine relationships with the people in the community because these people in the community are going to be the ones that give you the best feedback and also be there for you when you're trying to voice yourself in the community. So getting to know those people is very, very critical. And I think instead of kind of thinking like, okay, I just want this, 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 this to change about this this community. I think more so approaching it as like a holistic vision that you have being like, okay, like for example, for UTKCC, my holistic vision was that I wanted UTKCC to be more inclusive to different generations of Koreans. And having that vision more than the steps that I thought would work sharing it with the people that I trust and have built those relationships in the community and hearing their feedback was way, way more effective and smart than just the ideas that I only had in my head. So I think, again, building that relationship is part two. And then part three is sharing the holistic general idea that you have and really encouraging that conversation to be started in those communities is really important because those people also are the ones that are going to help you execute the differences that you want to make in your community. So I think those are kind of the messy three steps, four steps execution into making a difference in in your community. If you're considering a career in marketing, I think it's great because I love it. But I think don't kind of limit yourself again to think that it's just, oh, like, I'm not the best at making posters. Like I'm not the most creative. Marketing is not for me. I think the bigger marketing roles and kind of the ones that get paid really well are the strategy parts of marketing and the data part of marketing, which I think is really, really cool and interesting. So I would say definitely come out to our CMA events if you're a part of (laughs) Rotten. Shameless plug. But another thing is like, feel free to try marketing in a bunch of different types of organizations and see what you like. For me personally, after the RPC experience, I realized that I want to do marketing in an organization where marketing is the core business driver, which in a lot of CPG industries, brand management and marketing is one of the core business drivers of that business. So I learned so much more from PNG in terms of building a brand and maintaining a brand than I did at RPC. Not that the RBC experience wasn't great, but it was a very different set of skill sets that I learned at PNG that I personally realized suit me better and pushed me harder. So again, try a lot of different roles in marketing and see maybe if you want to specialize, if you want to shift to the brand strategy side, if you want to be on the creative side, like marketing is such a big umbrella that to be honest, I haven't even fully explored and there's so much more to explore within marketing. 
So I would definitely say just just try whatever opportunities interest you. Thank you so much, Erin, for providing so many valuable insights and helpful advice. We're so happy to have you here. And yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Carol. It was so fun being here. So um, thank you so much to you for hosting. The questions are really, really great. And yeah, it was really fun. Thank you.